Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. Recently, we got to visit Weathered Ground Brewery in Coolridge, West Virginia, on the occasion of their fourth anniversary party. And we got to talk with the co-founders and owners, Sam and Aaron Fonda. And I wanted to bring that interview to you now. First up was Sam Fonda. When you first began the brewery, we talked about you being a, like a farmhouse kind of a brewery. It's uh, out here on a nice 30-acre site and all that. It's a beautiful place. Have you been at all surprised by people's reaction to the tap room and the bar and all? Or did you expect from the beginning that this would work as well as it has? I had high hopes, but then, you know, you also have, have doubt. And, uh, and so... I did not expect it to take off as fast as it did. Um, you know, you just never know what to expect. A lot of people's uh, eyes sort of rolled when they saw where our location was going to be. I guess they didn't think about that we're right off the interstate. We're pretty easy to find. We're in between two resorts. Uh, we're not far from Charleston. We're not far from Charlotte. We have a lot of out-of-state license plates in the parking lot every weekend. So on top of our regulars, um, you'll see license plates from South Carolina, North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, all over the parking lot every weekend. And so I think uh, the Internet has a lot to do with that and travelers looking for something to do. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty amazing um, how fast people found out about this place. Yeah, I think a lot of the traditional tourism people – underestimate the role that breweries have in drawing in people it's it's amazing no matter where you go uh, a small brewery you sit down at the bar uh, the tap room and you're likely to sit by somebody from out of town out of state i imagine that's exactly what you're describing here that's exactly it it sort of has the atmosphere here where you want to make friends and uh, everybody's friendly everybody's in a good mood um, ready to meet new people uh, tell them where they're from what they're doing here where they're going. I think that a lot of times uh, people around here are just looking for something to do and they never even had craft beer before and then they get turned on to it and now it's their it's their every weekend spot. What would your message be uh, to West Virginia state government, to leadership in the state about the importance of breweries like yours here at Weathered Ground? Do some research, come out and visit the breweries on a, on a weekend um, during the busier times, uh, do some research, look into how popular it is and, uh, and how much there is to gain from supporting. We're not just a, a beer factory. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of charitable things. There's a lot of community involved. There's a lot more than just a beer factory going on with uh, small local breweries. One big advancement here at the brewery operations uh, since the beginning time, anyway, has really been the uh, expansion of your distribution, that you've, of course, expanded the capacity of your brewery, which I guess allowed you to do more distribution. Could you talk a little about your experience uh, distributing Weather Ground beers? So it's a lot different from where I previously was in a a very large uh, area like Mecklenburg County in North Carolina, um, where you have just tons and tons of restaurants and bars um, all around you. Uh, you actually have to get in the vehicle and drive a lot. And uh, our sales rep, Bobby Bowling, um, helped us out a ton with that uh, getting going. 
Um, he was selling and delivering, and so it's tough driving to Morgantown every week, driving to Charleston and Huntington every week. Um, you know, that's sort of our two main markets besides everything local around us like Fayetteville and Beckley. And so just uh, managing that and trying to keep accounts happy has been extremely tough, but also extremely rewarding because we can control it and we can watch our products and we can um, we can just have our finger on it all the time. And that's that's really helped us with quality control and just being able to keep an eye on our product. We've expanded to the point now where if we pick up any more restaurants, we're going to upset our uh, current restaurants because they can't get as much product as they would, would like to. And so we're hoping to expand again soon so we can have even more of a footprint um, in West Virginia. One other advancement at, in brewery operations since the beginning uh, was the addition of a canned product. That's uh, something that you, you see an awful lot of small breweries doing, especially at, during that pandemic. I think you started even before the pandemic year. but. How have you seen the West Virginia market? What's their level of acceptance for canned beer? So cans have been popular for a while, um, but uh, it shot through the roof during the pandemic because of accessibility. And so we couldn't have timed that any better. I think we started canning like six months before it. And then where it was about half of our distribution at that point during the pandemic, it was 100% of our distribution. And so we were canning all the time. And so um, now people are looking more on the shelves of places for local craft beer um, in can form than maybe they were at growler stations or, um, you know, even on tap at their bars. Uh, being able to pick up a four pack and take it to your house for a barbecue is uh, it's a big deal. And so I think more and more people are switching to cans. They uh, they stay cold for a long time. They uh, they have a uh, they're lighter in the cooler than bottles were, and so uh, cans are becoming a big deal. It lets us tell our story on the label. You mentioned earlier uh, ideas of a, a possible expansion here in the future. Talk a little bit about what your goals for that might be, and uh, maybe a timeline. So uh, we're exploring a couple different avenues. Um, we're either going to get a new brew house uh, bigger than the one that we currently have um, with larger tanks um, or we'll build on here and, and just expand with with more tanks and uh, and get some more equipment that allows us to do basically what I want to do with um, with what we have we're still exploring that uh, the that expansion sort of got put in the backseat a little bit whenever we saw the need for our kitchen to expand and so we've expanded our kitchen by three times. Um, we have three times the amount of poison employees in there. Uh, we knocked out a wall and made it three times bigger um, with a lot more equipment in there. And so um, we, uh, we've been focused on uh, selling beer in our tap room and getting food to people in our tap room. But we, we're still planning on uh, within the next year um, being able to make a lot more beer. Let's talk for a minute about your uh, brewery staff. I know you've had uh, Anthony Matter here since the very beginning. And uh, what's it been like working with Anthony and seeing him grow as a brewer? Uh, it's been amazing. Ever since before we opened, when we were making the stuff in my garage, uh, he dove so far in and just went, went all in 100%. And uh, he's extremely meticulous. Um, after the... Uh, 
after the first year, um, I pretty much trust him, trusted him to, to take over and develop recipes and come up with ideas and themes, and he's done an awesome job at that. He, uh, that whole bear fruit series is his. He's come up with the combinations and uh, as well as other, other beers um, that we've made. He's, he's come up with, with those ideas. And, you know, if something breaks down here, he knows how to fix it. So he's a great head brewer just really has a, has a knack for being able to make beer. You have a few more people that are helping you out here in the brewery. Could you tell me about them? Sure. Um, so, of course, Bobby is our sales rep. He's been our sales rep from the beginning, and then uh, he's done a great job at that. But he's also down here with us uh, working around the tanks uh, from time to time. And then um, Matt Word was our uh, taproom manager in the beginning and then he left us actually and then he came back to be our delivery driver but then he sort of worked his way out of the van um, and found a passion for working down here in the brew house um, and so he's just been extremely great at keeping us organized keeping everything straight um, keeping keeping things in line where uh, we just needed another person to do that and then also Terry Smith uh, is uh, was a friend of the brewery forever and then he finally joined the team and he's helped us in the cellar a ton and on the canning line you know it takes four of us to run the canning line and so that's kind of how i brought him on and he's just been a tremendous help and then he ended up delivering for us for a long time until we've brought on our newest member uh chris uh chris taylor is uh was in our kitchen and uh i stole him from our kitchen manager because i desperately needed a delivery driver again and so now Chris is delivering as well as helping us on the canning line. Um, and then we've got some other great help too. Austin Wood just came on uh, with us and uh, he's a friend of ours that works at The Dish. He's helping us on canning days now. We're just getting a lot of help from different places. I know that everybody has been uh, short staffed during the pandemic and afterwards, um, but uh, uh, we saw a little bit of that, but not for the same reasons and our t- just, Everybody here cares about this place so much. They stayed with us and and uh, kept working hard with us. Yeah, I think that speaks uh, highly about the kind of quality this place is to work. And it's a quality employer in an area that needs quality employers in southern West Virginia. It's wonderful to see four years of success here. And speaking of four years, we got a four-year anniversary beer here that we're drinking. Could you talk about that for me? Sure. It was sort of an afterthought. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, God, we need to brew something for the anniversary. Um, I kind of let it slip. And then uh, and then the obvious thing was let's brew a new IPA. And uh, we had just brewed a uh, pale ale that we really enjoyed a lot called Sun Up to Sundown. And um, for the anniversary IPA, the beginning thoughts were, you know, let's make, let's make a really hoppy IPA or even a double IPA. Um, to get people excited. And then as, as we thought about it, it kind of became, you know, let's pump the brakes. Um, we're going to be sitting out here in the sun all day. Um, I don't want anything that's going to, you know, knock my teeth off. I mean, we just uh, we want something with very drinkable. It's still 7.2%, but it's very drinkable. The hops in it are Simcoe and Chinook, just like in that pale ale, sun up to sundown, but uh, scaled up. And we actually dry hopped it twice with those hops. Um, but then I decided just, just to add a little spin on it, let's dry hop it a third time with a little bit of Sabro hops to give it some more tropical notes and maybe some, some creamy coconut notes in there. 
and it just turned out wonderful. It's, uh, it's balanced. It's not too much one way or the other. I'll probably, come in, probably be coming back to this beer um, time after time today. And then I caught up with co-founder, co-owner, Aaron Fonda. Aaron, four years at Weatherground Brewery. What's been some of the highlights for you? Oh my goodness, uh, the highlights. I think just watching the continuous growth and the support from the community, it's been really just, it blows you away how much um, people have just banded behind us and um, in such a short period of time had so much growth. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, even in the midst of a global pandemic, we had people supporting us and we actually um, saw in, it, like insane growth during that time period, which was a really big deal for us. So I guess the biggest highlights are just the community and the friends. And then obviously our employees and our team is growing, which is also, um, you know, just a blessing. We have, uh, I think we started in 2017 with a team of six permanently, four bartenders and Sam and Anthony downstairs. And so now to see that our team is um, 15 plus employees and growing, um, just ringing in four years with some of the same people that showed up here at our first doorstep when we opened and having a bigger team, um, we just, we couldn't be more grateful. So I've always called you sort of the business manager of the brewery sure. operation, and uh, you take care of a lot of the things. I know the probably the employees, the purchasing and, and all that. What's been some of the biggest challenges for you getting started in a whole new business like this and taking it through a four-year growth period? So I think some of the biggest challenges were in the beginning just knowing demand here in the state and what that was going to look like to us. So we opened in Coolridge, West Virginia. As we've said on many interviews, we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, if you have not been to our facility here, it is um, off the beaten path a bit. So we definitely had to wrap our minds around how that was going to work. Uh, were we going to have two people walk in our door every Saturday or 200? You, you know, so for brewing purposes, um, for inventory purposes, for employee purposes, it was all just kind of a gamble in the beginning. We quickly found out that that wasn't gonna be a problem and that we actually um, ran out of tank space quickly. So I think you've interviewed us a million times, you knew in the first year that we went from seven four barrel fermenters to four 15 barrels within the first year. Um, so growth was exponential and we had a lot of people coming through the taproom door. So as a business standpoint, it was just figuring out um, kind of where we needed to go in the direction to keep up with demand in the tap room and distribution. Uh, so that's been a challenge, still is a challenge. Um, the canning line was added during COVID. Um, well, actually it was pre-COVID, but we actually really started running it a lot in, in COVID times and now we can't keep up with that either. So um, all good problems to have, but from a business standpoint, it's sometimes challenging to make sure that we can appease the masses at the moment. And after four years of, of working here, and I know even before you came here, you had seen brewery operations in North Carolina, sure. especially, and uh, now you've done it here for four years. What would your message be to our state leaders, the people that set the regulations and the laws and, and really uh, just all the leadership of the state? What kind of a message would you like for them to know about a brewery like Weathered Ground? Yeah, so I think our biggest message, like we're growing in a state that tourism will be everything. And I think for from coming from North Carolina, 
um, and, uh, and other surrounding states that surround the state of West Virginia, they really understand that it is a huge focal point for them in the tourism industry to support their local breweries and cideries and distilleries. Um, so some of the regulations that they passed during COVID uh, have have been helpful to us for sure. You know, now that we can do some more shipping and we can get some stuff out the door a little bit easier, but at the same time, they need to continue to support the small businesses because these breweries in the state of West Virginia, just like every other state that surrounds us, they're what drive people to come in, enjoy Fayetteville, whitewater rafting, kayaking, visit their local brewery. They, they, all the people that come into the state for tourism want to support local. So this is what they're doing. They're coming in and we have, uh, if, if you've been here, you understand we're right off 77. So we have a ton of people that stop in on in between North Carolina and Ohio. Um, we have people that literally like this is their stopping halfway point. Um, over the last four years, it's become their their spot. So I just hope that everyone in Charleston remembers that um, it's an industry that can continue to bring people into the state. Um, and like I said, four years ago, we started with six employees. We're up to 15 and growing now. Hopefully, you know, if we can get our hands on some expansion in the next year or so, that will, number will continue to grow. So we're employing local people um, at a pretty quick rate. So hopefully they understand that it's a viable business and that, um, yeah, that they're going to see growth in it. Right. And that's important for, for everyone to understand. It's, it's employment. It's uh, tax revenue Correct. for the state as well. Yeah. And because every, uh, probably every can or every uh, gallon of uh, your beer that's sold, whether it's in another bar or restaurant or right here, yep. it's probably uh, taken the place of something that would have been shipped in from some other state to West Virginia. So it's exactly. a local product. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for the small state that, like the small amount of breweries that we have in the state, we have some outstanding beer going out on the market. Um, and so, yeah, I think they should realize that they have some, some hidden gems all around the state that they should, uh, they, they should look forward to visiting themselves. Well, that brings us to the end of another podcast. I'm Charles Bachway, and thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads, a production of BrilliantStream.com. <laughs>